Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Get in the Herd. Uh, this is Nathan Mitchell, and our two guests today are two of my favorite people, uh, Moses Wright, who's joining us via the interwebs, and I've got Marshall Tucker here. Um, these are two of my heroes um, in recovery, and we brought uh, the two of them here to discuss keeping uh, flexibility in recovery, um, maintaining boundaries, families, whatever the heck we want to talk about. The two of them have way more knowledge than anybody, I think, in the building at the moment. So the two of them together make a really dynamic pair. Um, first, I'll let uh, Moses introduce himself. And why are you here today, Moses? How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I'm glad to have Moses you. Moses Wright, yeah. And I am currently a substance abuse counselor, CSAC, at McShin. I'm here to... Uh, just share my experiences and to uh, enjoy this uh, first experience with you, Nathan. <laughs> what I like most is about you, um, because I've seen you a couple times now uh, on the inter, you know, through through these different medium, these digital mediums. I've seen you with your dog. Uh, I've seen you <laughs> walk around the yard, and I've enjoyed experiencing a little bit of how you walk through your day. I like that actually. Yeah. So. Thank you for thank you for joining us today. Um, to my left here, I've got Marshall. Marshall is a, a McShin staff. Um, I will let you introduce yourself, sir. Thank you for coming today. My name is Marshall Tucker. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Start off a blissful day for me. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about this since we talked about it uh, a couple of days ago. I'm a certified peer recovery specialist. I worked at a Pamunkey Regional Jail. Uh, facilitating uh, groups. And uh, I'm here because recovery must go on. Uh, even during a pandemic, even during quarantine, recovery must go on because people are still dying out there, you know? And we have to uh, keep this message of hope uh, continuously flowing. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. And I, I love that you mentioned the Pamunkey jail program because one of the things that we've experienced through the pandemic is not being able to get our message through to the jail programs. Um, have you had any contact uh, with the jail people, with, with your participants in jail? I have talked to a couple of staff, Okay, you know, and uh, as of now, it's, it's no set date as to when uh, the groups will resume. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of the participants, you know, they uh, they thoroughly miss it. Yeah. You know, uh, we had a group for uh, 16 weeks and then we had a graduation and uh, it was a lot of information that was shared, a lot of information that was put out there. And, uh, yeah, those guys kind of miss it. Yeah. Uh, that in itself was some structure for them while they were in jail. You know? Yeah. And I can tell you, after having spoken to Frank Bellinger, who is also part of that program, um, and also as a person who answers the phones here at McShin quite a bit, uh, we've had several people calling from Pamunkey um, just to check in to see what's going on. And I know that uh, Frank was putting together um, thumb drives with information. I'm not sure how that's going. So, mm -hmm. Moses, I see you looking very comfortable, and I'm so glad that you and you and Marshall coordinated outfits today. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's going on in, in Moses's world over there? Well, like like minds think think alike. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, I want to I want to begin to 
by uh, saying congratulations to you on your anniversary yesterday, um, Nathan. <laughs> well, it's, it's, there's, there's two separate anniversaries. My 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 clean date anniversary, my birthday yeah. anniversary. That's February 18th. My 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 anniversary for getting out of jail was April 23rd, and coming to McShane is April uh, April 30th. It's actually tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Happy anniversary. Anyway, you know I can't say enough. I can't say enough about the job that McShane uh, does, and uh, as far as outreach goes, I just don't know where else it's happening uh, in this town. But here, uh, I got the opportunity to meet with uh, the participants and uh, to see them uh, have willingness and some of them not having willingness, but to walk with them and to, to uh, see the light come up in their eyes. Uh, you had a couple of folk on yesterday who were dressed to the nines <laughs> preparing for your program. You know, what, what that is, is change. Mm. And change isn't easy to come about. They, they were in the midst of change, but man, were they excited about this. You know, uh, where else but at McShin uh, does uh, the peer-to-peer -peer model uh, show uh, how well uh, a person can do with a little love. Mm. I'm all for it. <laughs> and you've been involved with the McShane Foundation uh, for a long time. Have, have you been been here since the beginning? No, Moses? I haven't. Uh, probably five years now. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, yeah, about five years. Well, today, as you both know, is Wednesday, or maybe you don't know. I don't know how the uh, pandemic is affecting you and your recovery. I know some people are forgetting the day of the week. Um, I understand you're going to play golf after this, Marshall. I love that. Yes. <laughs> um, but today is Wednesday at McShin. And as you all know, Wednesday is our generally our community meeting. And um, for the past, oh, I guess four weeks, maybe five weeks, six weeks, we haven't been able to host our community meeting in-house like we normally do. We have moved to a Zoom format, which means that every night, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., our participants, our you know, each of the houses, um, and our staff get together on Zoom and just discuss, you know, kind of brainstorm uh, what's going on, uh, what 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 can go forward. Now, I understand at seven o'clock. Is it seven o'clock or six forty-five, Moses? There's the family meeting tonight. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to that. Uh, again, just a wonderful experience for me. And I hope for the loved one of our participants who get an opportunity to ask questions, to get information on this disease, as well as get on information on how it affects the participants, as well as the family. Uh, the, the loved ones, because this is a family condition. Absolutely. And I love that you are working so hard to bring together um, family with the, the loved ones and the participants together. I imagine that, you know, 
part of my recovery in because I came through a jail program, a McShin jail program in Fauquier County. And I know that it was important to me when I got out to start to reconnect. You, Moses, saw me with my mother the first day I got here and to, to right. start to rebuild those relationships. Right. Um, a challenge for me while I was in jail uh, was that I, I you know, I, I had my first taste of sobriety, forced sobriety, but sobriety nonetheless, in jail and, and immediately wanted to start jumping at making those amends that we talk about in, in a 12-step fellowship, starting to re, re to, to fix things, fix, manage, and control things, you know, basically trying to run when I couldn't yet crawl. Marshall, how do you talk to the participants in the jail programs about, you know, dealing, well, life? How do you, how do you help them facilitate on their journey? I, I want to comment on, uh, on, on Moses and, and the family group. Mm. I've been fortunate enough to go to his group a couple of times. And I would suggest that uh, to any participant within McShan, uh, because we, we lose uh, focus on the family and we tend to focus on ourselves uh, the majority of the time that we are going through what we are going through. Uh, the family aspect of it. I mean, man, it can't be understated, man, how much some of the parents, their sisters, brothers, how, how much the family members go through. You know, a lot of the guys that are incarcerated think is it's just them. I'm only doing this to myself. It doesn't affect anybody else. And I said, you have to go to one of Moses' groups to find out how the parent actually feel. When the parents say, I'm walking on eggshells around the house. I'm scared to say anything, even though I see him do something I know that's not good for him, you know? And some of them don't realize that, you know? Mm -hmm. They don't realize that that this thing has spread from them to other family members, to other siblings, to the kids. You know, I mean, uh, just recently, man, I was, a mother sent me a video that, the child had taken of her father doing something that she didn't think he should have been doing, mm. you know? And, uh, man, that, that blew me away. That blew me away. So we, we do talk about the family aspects of the disease, yeah. you know? And, uh, so a lot of them are on board. They understand, you know, after, after we, uh, we, we go through that particular portion of our, our lessons, you know? So you you're you're kind of like the um, the beginning shepherd and shepherding them to to Moses, you know, from from the program there to the program here. Um, and I, I love that about well, I love that about what McShin does. I mean, that's, you know, my my story um, looking at the uh, you can see up there on the right. You can see some of the comments there. Mm -hmm. um, ben, I will take care of that for you. Yeah. Um, ben Kramer says, Moses, um, Archie, yeah. what's up, Archie? He says two great examples of recovery, Marshall and Moses, <laughs> wisdom and understanding. Um, yeah. Robert, uh, Roberta Hardy, my brother, Willie, just started your your uh, program, I'm, I'm guessing, he's very pleased. Um, excellent, Roberta. I think I spoke to you on the phone um, or met you, I think. Um, Lisa, good to see you. Dave D., awesome stuff. Um, what suggestions do you two have as, as people, if I can out you, as long-term recovery, people with long-term recovery, what do you have in terms of suggestions for adapting to what's going on around us? Um, the Zoom meetings, uh, the lack of hugging, which is so foreign to me. Um, thoughts, 
Moses? I have a, uh, my, my first thought is on the how of the program. Uh, mm. To become honest, uh, open, and, and willing. Uh, because there are going to be changes throughout our lives. Uh, recovery is brand new. So to have an open mind, I think, is really important. And then to go with the flow, to go with the herd, to follow those who are, are, are doing this thing and uh, keep in step as best you can. There's nothing but love in McShin, and it goes out to every participant who comes there. Um, when, I, when I see the postings of uh, our being asked to welcome a new participant, you know, again, that shows the love of the organization. We open arm, come on in. How can we help you? Um, I just think that means so much. And to I was talking about the two that you had on yesterday. Um, just to see them beaming and shining and doing one day at a time is what it's all about. One day at a time. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. And the two of them, Patrick and Peter, uh, were here last week and and you know follow up. And we're going to follow up with them a couple more times as they are, you know, in the beginning of their recovery journey here at McShin. And what we do with that that segment, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna do it twice next week. Uh, we like to invite the newest newcomers and and follow a couple of them through a couple weeks. And we started this we started this early on um, uh, when we first started doing the podcast a couple of months ago. And uh, we had Emma yesterday, who was one of the original ones. She came back to do the the podcast uh, from from her house in uh, Northern Virginia. So that's uh, I, I like the feature as well. It's 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 amazing to see the two of them. They've been talking about it all week about what they're going to talk about and coordinating their outfits and excited. And I, I know that for me, it was important to find a little bit of purpose when I first got here, when I first got into recovery. So. Um, Lisa, I'll hug you anytime. Um, how about Marshall? Any thoughts on yeah. on yeah? Oh uh Nathan, I like what you said about purpose. Mm. Hey, hey Moses, we had a conversation, yeah. uh we had a family conversation in my home uh yesterday. And uh, uh -huh. my daughter was talking about blue zones. For y'all that don't know. It was somebody that did some research, Blue Zones, and they had, it was five places throughout the world that people live lengthy lives. Mm. And so they labeled those places as the Blue Zones. One of the reasons why they live lengthy lives is because they got purpose. Mm. They got purpose in their life, you know? And you 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 uh, you touched on that. Uh, for me, like these these guys that are coming out of jails and institutions, you know, uh, in the basic text, it talks about being honest. And Moses mentioned that in the first step. But being honest and understanding that the way you were living is not the only way to live. Being honest about the fact that there's another way of life out there, you know. And 
you you have to embrace that. You you have to embrace is another way of life, you know. And uh, and one of, one of the ways that you can start is is through structure. You know, through structure when you leave the jail. Nobody nobody likes structure. At one time, I didn't like structure, you know. But when I look back on it, when I look back on it, structure was good for me. If the parole officer wasn't there to create some structure in my life, I don't know where I would have ended up at. If a program like McShen wasn't there to create some structure in my life, I don't know where I would end up at, you know, because we still have, you know, and what we talk about in the jail is get your mind right, get your mind right, get your mind right before you start to work in the steps, get your mind right before you get into the steps, you know, it, it would be to your advantage if you had your mind right before you got into it, you know, a lot of them will be honest about, man, I don't want to use no more. As Moses touched on it about change, you don't want to use no more, but do you have to change? Do you want to change? Are you willing to change? Right. You know, and that's that's some of the stuff that we work on coming out of jail, because if you want to change, you'll understand about destruction. Because what I, I say is, is more similarities in all of us than it is differences, you know? And, and just understand that. I don't care how long I've been here, I still got some of the same similarities of somebody that's been here for 30 days. You know, I think I got all the answers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I like that. And I, I uh, we had um, Honesty on the program, I think, two weeks ago, and she was talking about. Um, using thoughts. Uh, and I, I was comforted by that, actually, because, you know, as a person who, you know, oh, well, I should I should have this down by now. I shouldn't be having these thoughts. You know, to hear somebody with long term recovery say, you know what, I'm still thinking about using every once in a while. I was comforted by that because I'm like, I know that I'm OK if I don't use just because I think about things and I don't act on them. I'm OK. But I get frustrated sometimes if I think about things. Um, looking at the comments over here, um, I'm looking at somebody who was here. Moses, can you see the comments? I, I don't think you can. Um, one thing, uh, somebody was a, a woman on yesterday, Kim. Uh, I, I'm going to miss up your name again, Kim. But she says, my 19-year-old son is in jail and gets out in 30 days, and we are telling him we support recovery and are willing to pay for sober living, but that we are not willing for him to come home without recovery or without completely living by our boundaries. Um, there's a few things that jump out to me, but I think the two of you uh, have heard this story before. Any thoughts on that? And I, I think she's commented again below that. He's refusing sober living. Sorry, go ahead, Moses. Look, listening, uh, reading uh, someone's uh, response just a moment ago, and they were talking about their son and her willingness to support him. And I would say to join in tonight uh, with the loved ones, let's, let's talk further about that. Uh, this isn't easy for the participant nor for uh, the loved one. But here at McShin, we attempt to uh, reach out to you and support you where you are and support you. Uh, I was thinking about um, 
McShin and this this wonderful staff that we have, and Marshall's role uh, at Pamunkey, and how he is a sensei uh, in that environment, uh, and just love him. Uh, but how many programs are reaching out to jails to get people involved in recovery? I, I just think this is an awesome effort uh, as the participant for your carriage also. Thank, thank you, Moses. Um, I apologize for a little bit of the uh, breakup there. Um, thoughts, Marshall, on, on suggestions for Kim? Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what I'd like to say to Kim and to her son, uh, both of them are experiencing uncharted territory, mm. you know? And uh, the suggestion that Moses gave for her to come to the family meeting or for her to kind of chime in uh, or link in to the family meeting so that since it is uncharted territory for her to get some information and for her son to get some information. Uh, you know, the uh, talks that I have done uh, for McShin, you know, I'm a statistical guy. Right. And 35% of the people that leave jails and institutions they make it because of the structure that they have, because of the support that they have. You know, in the uncharted territory, I'm sure her son still wants to uh, decide what he do and what he doesn't do. And I, I'm not sure that's the best remedy. That's the best antidote. Her son is going to have to do some things that he don't want to do. She's going to have to do some things that she don't want to do, you know. And uh, from my personal experiences, it's not as bad as we think it is. Mm -hmm. When we once we look back on it, once we get through it, it's not as bad as we think it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that feedback from both of you. And I see that if you look, Kim, uh, Todd Todd uh, Widows has put in the comments. Uh, a link to the Zoom meeting tonight, which is at Moses. Is that seven o'clock tonight? The family meeting. The family yeah, meeting. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock tonight. So you see that right there, Cam, up there. Um, you can join the families of current participants. Uh, you'll have Moses there one on one, and you'll be able to interact in a in a more engaging way than than I think this is right here, and ask some hard questions of other parents, other loved ones. Yeah, and I think that's the prize component is that we're there together and uh, family members are sharing their experience also. Sharing in and of itself is a big step. And to find that that I'm not alone uh, in this journey is really important. And only one day at a time that's all we can do and let's do it together and that's what happens at the loved ones meeting 
And I, I love the idea. I love what I'm hearing sounds so very familiar to me as a person in recovery from substance use disorder. And as, a, as perhaps what I'm reading or hearing from that is that recovery is a process for the loved one as well as the person in suffering with the substance use disorder. And I know for my mother, um, that that connection with other people who have gone through has been very important to her uh, well-being. Um, and it's it's forever altered in a positive way, I believe, uh, my relationship with her and, and my relation and her relationship with um, another family member of mine who's also in recovery. So, you know, Kim, we, we uh, can certainly um, welcome you to join that group um, and ask some harder questions. What else? My daughter is an addict. Linda Wells uh, has has been to rehab once, but not serious about quitting. Yeah, well, hmm. How do we get somebody who's not serious about quitting to be serious about quitting? Is there a way to do that? Uh, yeah, come to the family group so that we can support you and so that you can get some ideas from others who have been the same pattern you have so that uh, we can put that, put that all together and uh, begin to resolve some uh differences. I have I have noticed that the the parents come in with all of this guilt and shame and participants come in with the same and no one knows where to um, put the blame. Actually this is a, a, a blameless condition. No one asked for it. Uh, after that first use, though, boy, that's when the train starts to roll and mm -hmm. roll of control. Now, there are some uh, uh, techniques that we uh, attempt to use. And, and one a familiar phrase is get out of the way, parents um, and loved ones. Uh, quit enabling. Uh, the addict, because the addict's job is to use and abuse anybody that he comes in contact with because he needs or think he needs the drug so badly. And having uh, been an active uh, uh, user myself, it's true. I didn't think I could make it if I didn't have it. Uh, it wasn't until my 13th time around that the bells uh, began to uh, go off. That's when uh, AA says, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You could have taken my right arm. I didn't care. Just don't let me go back out on the street again to try this anymore. It is too much for me. When loved ones take the, the um, substance use disorder person's uh, um, ability to get things away from them, then that narrows their choices. And that's what we're looking for, so that they don't have those choices anymore and it gets tougher for them 
And when you say narrows those choices, could you um, maybe narrow that down specific, specifically? Right. What do you mean right. by narrowing those if, choices? Here, here's a way I would go about it. Uh, one is too many and a thousand never enough. What I'm saying is I need one. I want one. But that isn't the end. Right after that one or before that one is done, I need another and another and another. Now, if I don't have the uh, resources to get what I want, then my that, that path narrows because mm-hmm. what happens is I'll begin to do things that, that are more out of the ordinary. Now, if we can offer someone uh, some support before they get there, we may be able to help them see the light. You know, um, for the substance use disorder person, uh, seeing the light does not work. It's when they feel, when we feel the heat is when it works best. So that's I'm 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 suggesting let's put the heat on them by not giving them the resources that they need. Uh, mm-hmm. Family members, loved ones, uh, are often confused with what is uh, the difference in enabling and taking care of my loved one. Uh, well, I say let's take time to put some of that weight back on him so that he can learn to do for himself. Of course, that's not uh, a short road. That's a long road. But if we can get him started, uh, that him or her, pardon me, get them started, then that's, that's a great beginning. Each day is a new beginning. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. If I can work with that, then I've got something going. And we're here to help loved ones practice. That's what we want to do. Practice makes permanent patterns of performance possible. So to have some patience and to keep coming back. That's what I hope for. Thank you, Moses. And and I, I would I would just like to add Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> and and uh, you you know it, it it was said some time ago. Uh, nobody just wakes up and say, uh, "I think I'll go into recovery today." Mm. You know, most of us, including myself, get here by kicking and screaming. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm bad. I know it's bad, but it's not that bad. You know, we rationalize and we kick and we scream. <laughs> you know, what uh, 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 one of the things that we attempt to do uh, is to give hope. John always says, "Shot of hope to the parent as well as to the kid or to the child." And we know that that this is a process. You know, uh, it's a kid that I'm involved with right now. He's been to treatment. This is the fourth time 
that he's been the treatment. And I, I don't know, his support group look at it as him failing. I, I look at it as, as progress, you know, uh, because this particular time he did some things, he made some decisions that he wouldn't normally have made. You know, he, he volunteered to go to a program. Mind you, when the, the first three or four times that he went to a program, he was there for 30 days. He probably stayed clean for like 60 days. He probably stayed clean one time for about 90 days. And we had an old saying about the light bulb, the light bulb not going off. Mm -hmm. You know, the light bulb is still dim, you know, and, but he's making some progress. The light bulb is getting brighter and brighter, you know, and uh, that hope shot that we want to give him. And, and, you know, by giving them a lot of information, man, a lot of information that we are give them is through peer-to-peer, -peer, which I mentioned earlier, is more similarities than it is differences when you go to a program, you know? And, and you got to get them to focus on the, on the similarities. And then, I mean, you know, somebody mentioned about the hard questions, you know, and I like to ask the participants or the user or the recovering addict, the hard questions, you know, where you see yourself in 30 days, mm. you know, where you see yourself in 60 days, you know, do you have any goals, mm. you know, and, and, you know, do you have any kind of visions about what you want your life to be like, you know, or do you just want to be somebody every year they end up in Pomoka regional jail? Cause that can happen, you know, uh, when Moses said narrowing the choices and the consequences, the consequences of your addiction, when the consequences start to change, for some reason, you start to change. You know, most of the guys in the jail, they don't want to be there. You, you can't have it both ways. Those are the hard questions. You can't have it both ways. If you don't want to go to jail, you have to stop doing the things that get you in jail. I ain't tell them stop using. Just stop doing the things that's getting you in jail. You got to stop stealing. And I know all of it is a result of the using. Best to try to get them to think about what's going on with them. You know? Get outside that tone vision. You know? Yeah, eventually the pain gets great enough. Oh, yeah. Start to make a change. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I liked what you were saying about involving the participants uh, with, with the hard questions. I think mm -hmm. uh, the CPRS training told me, uh, informed me that there was nothing about me without me. Mm -hmm. And I like that um, because so often, you know, I get stuck my, myself um, trying to fix, manage, control somebody's life. And I forget to ask the other person what it is that they want to see for themselves and involve the other person. And, you know, I've spent an hour or two of my life thinking about something that doesn't mean Jack, mm -hmm. you know, without actually involving somebody else. So, um, I'm glad to have that reminder. The hard questions have to involve the person, the person that's part of the hard question. Mm -hmm. um, what else do we have up there? Yeah, we talked about that. It's, it really helps to hear him say that's 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 where we go. It helps to hear him say that it was his 13th time. Uh, that's Stephanie Thompson. Hey, Stephanie, uh, talking about Moses and your 13th time before getting into you know recovery. It's not just one and done. It's good to hear him say you can fail so much and still get back up. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I find a lot of hope in that as well. Um, you know, recovery doesn't have to be a part of your story. I mean, excuse me, relapse doesn't have to be a part of your story. But if it is, you know, and you're back up and you're still fighting again, man, that's a beautiful thing. It's a miracle. Um, Moses taught me early on. Uh, one thing I remember asking, we went to Wendy's. First of all, he taught me that I should get my French fries before he gets his French fries because he gets his without salt. And then yeah. if I get mine next, they're not going to have salt either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I had that conversation that day, Moses asked me, um, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase Moses, which is probably a dangerous place to be. But he, he sort of asked me, you know, what, what, do you, what do I think my chances are of getting this thing? you know, getting recovery. And I sort of looked at him and, you know, me having probably 60 or 90 days at that point and kind of looked at him like, you know, um, I said, well, I don't know, maybe 75, 80%. I don't, some stupid number, you know? And, and, and I just, we kind of left it at that. And, and it was about maybe an hour later, we'd gotten back to McShin and I said, well, what, 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 uh, what are your chances, Moses? You know, me being a smart ass, trying to mirror my mirror, the smart people, People around me. Yeah. And could you could, do you remember your response to that one? Do you remember what you said? No, I don't. <laughs> Tell me though. I think it was about 4 30 in the afternoon. And I think your response was something like, Well, it's about 4 30. I'm gonna go home and I'll have dinner in about an hour. I'll be in yeah. bed by I think my chances are good today. And I, you kind of drove a point, you know, <laughs> one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, and that's a question I've used one day at a time. And that is a <laughs> question that I have used myself when I've talked with newcomers and I've taken that. And um, what I love is, uh, you know, waiting for them to ask me back if they do ask me back. Cause so much of what I've learned um <laughs> what so much of what has sunk in boy i have so much to learn right but so much that i've learned here i'm able to give back now um you know it was suggested early on by moses now you know marshall hasn't done as many groups here with me at least and moses who's here at mcshin all the time and does groups all the time you know one thing early on he suggested to me and i took this really, really, I, I still, to this day, I talk about this almost every day. Um, I walked around calling myself an asshole, mm. you know, and Moses suggested that I not do that. Yeah. And I thought, well, what the heck, man? I am an asshole. Look at my life. You can see. And I really, really thought about that. I, you know, I, I, I really did. And I, I, I still use this all the time. You know, you know, when I call myself an asshole, that that's all I am going to be. It's all I am. I have no agency to change. Yeah. You know, if I if I think of myself as a person who did asshole things, well, I, you know, I have some agency to change there. You know, I can say, well, you know, maybe I will stop doing those things yeah. and I'll start doing other things. And that was a really, really important lesson for me. And I'm grateful for that because, you know, we have some people here in this building with a lot of good recovery. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Someone how, uh, uh, pulled me on. Pardon me. Someone pulled me up on the same thing uh, day before yesterday, a good buddy of mine. I made a statement like, uh, boy, these are rough times. He said, man, he said, things are better than they've ever been. <laughs> and I thought about that and, you know, I said, oh, still more work to do. You know, uh, again, if, if, if using is the question, 
what in the world can be the answer? You know, it's just, just using is uh, fruitless. Uh, I was talking to a guy on yesterday and he started out with, oh, I only smoke marijuana. And then as he talked more and more, we uncovered that there were some other things in his life that had caused uh, confusion and, and the like. You know, and he, he said, well, I hadn't thought about that. I said, well, that's why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's just a, a wonderful job, if I have to call it a job. Uh, this is a, a life adventure for me. And more and more, uh, it's what I want to do, not less and less. Now, my body says, Moses, you can't do more. You know, yeah. just, just slow down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, being with people, being with you guys, and having the opportunity to support another person. Can't keep it unless you give it away. Mm-hmm. And learning how to do that has been uh, priceless to me. Thank God for McShin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I came to you know, life again. Yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah. Kim. Kim had uh, uh, a comment. You know, as they are anyway to have a podcast in the jails, especially now that there are no visitors and no programs. And uh, yeah. I sure hope, I sure hope that in the future that, uh, you know, things kind of uh, calm down and and settle down and we are able to get back into jails. You know, uh, the reason why I'm adamant and the reason why I'm an advocate is because jails is part of my background. You know, that's how I got here. You know, and and I feel compassion and empathy and sympathy for the next individual. You know, when when I go to the jail, uh, normally during the first group or so, I usually bring a copy of because since being in jail, I've got my voting rights restored, mm. and to get my voting rights restored, I had to get a copy of my arrest record, and I had to also send a letter to the governor and all that. I take that into jail and I show it to the guys, you know, and just to let them know, like Moses just said, we live in the best life. This is where I came from and this is where I'm at now. If I can do it, you can do it, mm-hmm. you know? And and, uh, and remember, of, remember yeah. that lovely family of yours, uh, Marshall? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't mean to jump in, but actually that's one of the things that we just did last week. Uh, I gave Cricket a a hard disk or a portable drive that he took into Pamunkey, I believe, as well as RSW. So, and some of the programs and platforms we have on that are these, you know, these podcasts we've been on for getting heard. So we do have, we are trying to get some of them out. I know John's working. Mm-hmm. on a program to get it out even further beyond just those two. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so to answer your question, Kim, I mean, that is something we are doing, 
Um, but it's, you know, it takes a little time because we've got what, about a month and a half we've been doing these now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still content, but it's still growing and still building. Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're building a, a, we're, we're learning ourselves here too, what works, what doesn't work and, and, and ironing out things, but really just trying to get, to get out there and to keep talking, keep talking recovery, you know, and I, what I love is that, you know, through this get in the herd podcast, whether I'm hosting or John or, or Alex or, or, or Frank, you know, we're getting people engaged in, in, in a conversation, continuing to get people engaged in a conversation. And like, and I'm looking at the people scrolling through. And a lot of these are people I know, you know, from, from, from different, you know, aspects of my life. Um, Jason Cox up there, Jason Cox says uh, the harp, program in Chesterfield is doing Zoom meetings, which is awesome. Jason, I'd like to have you on the show at some point, too. Uh, I, I know Sarah was here once. Um, Debbie Rosenbaum, she's one of our board members, and she watches, I believe, almost every day. You know, she's she's uh, been a, a volunteer here and, of course, a board member. Um, this is another example of love in action at McShin. I'd like to personally thank Moses for the love he shares with families and the participants and the help he extended to me, uh, to me and my family. Um, good to see you, Debbie. I'm always glad to see you. Jane Quick, why would a physician... Well, okay, Jane, why would a physician issue a medical marijuana card to someone in addiction? Let me tell you something about my recovery and my job. My job is separate from my recovery. I work in the recovery field, but it is not my recovery. And I mean that because I got my recovery start at McShin. Now, why I say that is because my job title is Community Outreach and Advocacy Coordinator. Now, what I've learned in that experience is that there are multiple pathways of recovery. I happen to follow a 12-step fellowship uh, pathway, as many of us in this building do, and I can, you know, I, I love the language of it, and I believe that the spiritual principles are universal, regardless of the fellowship, uh, the pathway. Um, however, there are multiple pathways, and some of them include, you know, using medical marijuana. Some, you know, some talk about harm reduction, which means, you know, a, a reduction in use. So, uh, why would we give, you know, I, that's not something I could fluently speak about or, you know, articulately, articulately speak about. Um, I know marijuana is not something I'm interested in. I know that, that for me, that's only going to lead me down dark streets, dark corners. Um, but I can't speak somebody else's recovery. I know people who are in the 12-step fellowships that I work who still do smoke marijuana, but don't do the other, um, the other drugs and alcohol that they, that they did before. What works for you doesn't necessarily work for me. So do you have thoughts on that, guys? I just jumped it right on in there. Why would a physician issue a medical marijuana card to someone in addiction? Any thoughts? Mm. All right. Uh, you know, you know, we, we're a, a new era, and the medicinal support that's gotten from the medical uh, marijuana, I don't have <clears throat> any problem with. It's when the drug does not work for me, or at least it causes consequences, then that's, that's time for me to look at what I'm doing. Uh, a doctor may prescribe, but that isn't uh, gospel. There are many who um, 
got their start in uh, <laughs> narcotics addiction through doctors. And they really believed it, you know? So a uh, person still has personal responsibility uh, when it comes to uh, who leads them. Uh, consult with someone else uh, to, to get more answers. Um, I'm, I'm just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I read an article, I read an article about the uh, opioid epidemic you know, and uh, they they mentioned the fact that a lot of doctors, as well as older patients, 65 and older, weren't really aware of the seriousness of the opioids. Because they were saying, once you get 65 years old, you're going to go through some aches and pains, you know. And the doctors were prescribing OxyContin to some of these older people, you know, and some of these people were actually becoming addicted. And there were some cases when there were uh, some overdoses, mm. you know, and uh, I thought that was kind of scary. The doctor not be aware. And he's the one that's that's writing the prescription, you know. Yeah, which makes it uh, older people having that in the in the in the medicine cabinet or at home at somewhere. It gives it, you know, access to Younger folk who might have a little more understanding of what they're what they can do for you. Um, I want to say thank you to the two of you. Uh, want to do a shout out again. Moses has uh, the family group tonight at seven o'clock. Um, the the comment uh, the link is in the comments. If you would like to join that tonight, by all means, please come. And yeah, Kim especially, come and join. Talk to the uh, talk to the group. Um, See, see if you can get some more information and find some people you can connect with. Um, again, thank you to everybody who's out there watching. I want to thank our special guests today, uh, Marshall here in the studio and Moses out there at, in Moses world. Um, before we leave out, I'd like to ask, uh, I'd like to ask everybody um, to, to, to give us an example of something you're grateful for today. So either one of you, if you want to jump in first. To give a, give a what? Something that you're grateful for today, Moses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's your thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> just my thing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm grateful that I can be a part of helping someone else. Uh, for a person who thought that they did not have any worth whatsoever when I came into recovery to see that uh, I support another person and it pays off like a slot machine for me. Mm. I am grateful. Mm. Oh, please. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife for allowing me to be on the third floor of her home. Working. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. very smart man right there. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, Thank uh, you uh, Moses. Moses mentioned uh, earlier, man, about uh, our families. You know, and uh, I, I am uh, truly grateful for my family. You know, and uh, man, they have. Uh, 
been, I mean, my rock for years and years and years, you know. Uh, I'm especially grateful, even my family members today, that I can allow somebody to think the way they want to think, you mm. know. Uh, my wife, you know, that's my favorite saying. Brother, everybody don't think like we think, you know. Uh, today, I don't have debates, quote, to try to change somebody's way of thinking, to try to change somebody's mind. I found out I was wasting my time. You know what I mean? So, so I'm thankful today that I, I don't waste my time today. You how know, many, how many more years do I have to get before I get to that point? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm still wasting I'm, a lot I'm of not, time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, man. Hey, hey, I tell you what, like, like you said, wisdom, when they, they, you know, the little definition of wisdom, when uh, you take all of the knowledge that you have, you know, and, and you use it, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's some wisdom there, you know what I mean? So I allow people to be, you know, I allow people to be who they are and they allow me to be who I am. And I, I'm, I'm truly grateful for that today. Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for the program of Narcotics Anonymous. Mm. Man, I, I I I still read the basic text, and and I tell my family, man, this is one of the most powerfulest programs that I have ever been involved with, I've ever met, you know. And you need a powerful program because we're dealing with a powerful disease, mm. you know. And uh, I, I'm truly grateful for that, man. I love it. Thank you so much, Marshall. And thank you again, Moses. I appreciate you. And as always, thank you to Todd back there, our uh, our fearless <laughs> fearless producer who just makes stuff happen. And to all of you guys out there listening, uh, I want to do a shout out to Friday night. Is it tonight? No. Well, Friday night. Oh, good. The yeah. after hours. Yeah, you can go ahead and do that. I mean, we have that one with um, with Tina. Uh, Martinez. So yeah, we you know I like to do. Um, but I was getting to her oh, okay. after hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but Tina Martinez. Oh, yeah. 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 But we actually um, we actually have tomorrow. You're you're you've got a pretty oh, yeah. lineup there. I'll so you're gonna plug that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna plug that. We've we've got a, a great a, a great panel the next couple of days, and and I've got a couple of good ones next week, and we're we're starting to fill people in, and I love this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tomorrow we've got uh, Steve Vicoli with the Healing Place. He's gonna come and talk about keeping engaged in recovery. I definitely uh, re suggest you tune into that one. That should be a great conversation with Jesse Waisaki mm -hmm. um, in there as well. Jesse Waisaki, uh, our chief operating officer here and my boss <clears throat> um, will be here in the studio uh, Friday we're gonna have um, a, darn it I'm gonna the names uh, I don't have it in front of me um, but we have honesty Liller and Sarah Daves and I'm, I'm actually I'm not sure who the other girl is um, but we have Sarah yeah. Davis. Sarah Davis, who's on our board of directors so Sarah I'm sorry your name just went right out of my brain but Sarah who's a, a, very spiritual. You, you've you met Sarah, mm -hmm. you know, sit in a room yeah. with her and it's just calming. So she's going to talk. The, the two of them are going to come and talk about meditation with uh, with Honesty Liller. Next week on Tuesday, we're going to do our newcomer participant check in and we'll probably have somebody just like we did yesterday, somebody uh, on the screen from the past. And I think uh, we're going to have Colette McKeachin next Friday at two o'clock. She is the city of Richmond's Commonwealth attorney. I'm already plugging you with Colette. So we're got you here. Um, and I believe we're going to have um, 
Carol McDade sometime next week as well. So tune in for more, or as we say, more will be revealed. Um, But uh, if you have any suggestions for things you want to talk about, want to hear about, put it in the comments. We'd love to sit here and put together um, content that's engaging to you, uh, not just me blabbering on. So really appreciate you guys today. Thank you very much. And with that, this is another edition of Get in the Herd. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.